And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me this week is... Matt, yes. as usual. As usual, yeah. It's weird when you're not here. We've been doing this for almost 100 episodes, Matt. 97, we're almost there. Jesus Christ, we're going to have to do something special for 100. Now I have to think, what am I going to do special for 100? <laughs> maybe, maybe we can, I don't know. Maybe we can finally do the live show to Twitch that we've been talking about, because I've been streaming in my own spare time via the computer and everything via OBS, and it's worked out fine. We should give that a try. I think we're finally at a place technologically where we can do that. Yeah, we should we should give it a give it a test run first, uh-huh. and then and see if it see if it all works. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure people would really like a live show and everything. And you know, it's funny, it's going to uh, coincide. We're going to reach a uh, hundred episodes here, and I'm probably going to crack uh, eighteen thousand subscribers soon. Nice. I'll have to wait till twenty to do something really really special. I'll have to challenge <laughs> myself to do like you know a twenty four hour stream or something. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> we'd sleep half of it i can already tell where it's just like man you know you can actually uh watch joel while he sleeps you know he talks in his sleep yeah <laughs> really really he says some really really comp- uh, controversial shit when he sleeps <laughs> when he sleeps man, man it, it, it really really puts shit into perspective watching him talk in his sleep <laughs> <laughs> Eskimos aren't even real people. <laughs> that's that's how I snore. That's how I snore in my sleep. Uh, speaking of controversial statements, that's one of our news stories for later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hey, so again, this is a spoiler cast episode for those who don't know. We're going to do the first half as we always do. We're going to talk the news of the week and then the second half. If you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, you can save this one for later and come back. Although I get the distinct feeling by the time this one goes up Wednesday morning, uh, everyone's going to have seen it if they haven't already because that movie's already oh, yeah. breaking all the records. It's been out 72 hours in North America anyway and has already made over half a billion dollars. So, The biggest opening weekend of any movie yet. I think the only one that had it before was also a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, or a Star Wars film. Or a Star Wars film. It's getting to the point now where they're their only competition for this sort of thing. <laughs> it's extra crazy this time because Black Panther is still in theaters some places. And it's still doing really well as well. Yes. Like, it, it's, it's kind of like matching Infinity War, because I think people are obviously going to see that and then Infinity War yeah. or vice versa. I think uh, I think just this week it dropped to the number eight spot, which is funny because it's like, ooh, ooh, we were this close to having two Marvel movies be in the top five <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Wouldn't that have been some shit? Yeah. But uh, believe it or not, our first no- news story actually isn't about a Marvel movie. Well, it is, but not a Marvel Studios movie. This uh, this news broke literally as soon as Matt and I were done talking last week. But hey, the Venom trailer dropped, the first official one. Yeah, and I don't care. No, no, <laughs> neither do I. And everyone's like, yeah, but he looks like the comics. I'm like, yeah, kind of. And even if he did, he, why does it matter? He looks no better than the 2007 Spider-Man 3 version. I pulled up two pictures and they look relatively the same even like the cgi hasn't changed so yeah here's the thing this would be the perfect movie for 1994 <laughs> like, it's true it's like, true everything about the height, the, the height of venom fame <laughs> indeed everything from that venom trailer looks like they literally went back in time like they took tom hardy back in time in a time machine and filled him in night filmed him in 1994's perfect venom movie then brought the film negatives of that to the future to finish it off 
it it does seem like like the yeah i now that you like mention it and like thinking about it it does look very dated like in the way it's shot and everything also too like just the dialogue sounds like oh Oh, you wrote Ugh. this script in a pinch, didn't you? This is this is literally just the most utilitarian dialogue. It's like, no, 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 just just say what you gotta say. We'll we'll do a second pass at it. We'll make it flowerier later. Well, I think it was written by one or the 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 writer of like the the, the Fifty Shades of Grey films. Mm. So, not really expecting anything too good. No, not entirely. Hey. Here's a movie that was made solely because of rights, people. That's really the only reason it was made. No one was asking for it. No one wanted it. No. No. I Yeah, I kept asking when I see the trailer, I'm like, who's asking for these films? Like, who wants this? Who the, is this for? And the biggest question still maintains, how are you going to do Venom minus Spider-Man unless they're going to go full ultimate and it looks like they are? He's just a big goo monster with no spider symbol on him. So, oh, okay, you're, you're going to cut out the most interesting part of him. All right. That's that, that's that's like another thing I was talking to people about. I'm like, so like, how is Venom gonna like have the big white spider symbol if he never was on Spider Man to begin with? And people are like, oh, he's, he's gonna have a V. He's gonna have a V for oh, Venom and <laughs> a V for Vendetta, if you will. <laughs> Venom has a vendetta against a man who we can't talk about. You gotta love it too. I think my favorite part of the trailer isn't actually anything in the trailer itself. It ha- it's how it starts out. Made in association with Marvel Studios in big letters. Association. This is not a. Do not associate us with these guys. Made in association. Yeah, yeah. I like. I, I like that. And yeah, it's big letters above the Marvel logo. I thought that was pretty funny. That like <laughs> steal your eye all over the place. And I wonder is that association enough for them to mention Spider Man offhandedly? Is he like going to appear on a TV screen and Venom's going to be like, oh, I should look like that? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Neither do I. I might not even see this one. I don't. Know. I say I'm not going to see it, and then I end up seeing it anyway. Yeah, well, it could turn out to be like, um, like Fantastic Four, like that the recent Marvel, where it's like all the reviews are awful for it. So I'm like, I've got to go see this. It's so bad, it's good. Like that's what I'm really hoping for, and I think that's what Venom should really be aiming for. So bad that it's good. Because <laughs> here's the thing: like in the age of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the age of like you know DC films, you know shooting for average and getting average we haven't had a real stinker in a long time we haven't had one where we can just roll up our sleeves and be like oh man what a hot garbage fire that yeah. was we haven't had like we haven't had a green lantern no. in a long time I haven't had a fantastic four in a long time no haven't had a batman and robin it's been a while yeah like we like we need one where it's like man matt i can't wait till you and i do the commentary on this one it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so much fun let's let's get loaded and let's just tear this one to shreds <laughs> also again to tom hardy the most grizzled muscular journalist major i've ever seen yeah his voice is so strange in this i know he's like obviously putting on like a he's putting on like a new yorker accent for yeah. for uh eddie brock and it sounds so strange it's such a weird choice where it's like, you know, Eddie Brock in the comics is a schlub. He doesn't get cut and muscular until after he gets the symbiote. Mm. Why is he already yeah. muscular? Why Why is he already suffering from issues if he's not a schlub? Because Tom Hardy suffers from issues and is, <laughs> is a jacked up 
I guess. Journalist major or something, whatever he is in this. Jacked up jurist. Man, now, that's an angle they should take with this. If Eddie Brock, he's still a journalist and everything, he, you know, fights, uh, what is it, people calling him fake news and everything. That's what makes Venom really angry. I am not fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Print media is not dead. You know what's also really funny about this? In in the trailer, it, it seems like like obviously they sound like Venom is talking with him and like trying to gain control. And it's really funny because when I saw Avengers, I saw a trailer for a movie called Upgrade. Oh yeah, which which is <laughs> it has Brian Austin Green in it, who is oh. basically budget Tom Hardy. <laughs> looks exactly. Uh, I think it was Brian or some some guy who's basically looks like Tom Hardy. Looks exactly like him, and it's the same premise except with a computer chip. <laughs> <laughs> like like it's trying to take control of him and everything. It it's exactly the same. Computership. Yeah. I, I'm googling who Brian Austin Green is now. I want to see. What I think that like. might I might I might have the the guy the the, uh, the actor's name wrong. I'm probably getting it completely wrong. Just search guy. the search the movie upgraded. Okay. Yeah, they all look this. They all look the same. They're all yeah. off the same conveyor belt. Sam Worthington conveyor the belt. Sam Worthington machine that they plugged in to turn out bland leading men. Yeah, like that. Who's that Captain Boomerang guy? That guy. Oh yeah, that guy. His name escapes me now. I used to know it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's, he's from the Sam Wor- He's not Sam Worthington. But Gen- generic like McAction face. That guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, yo, wow, you're not fucking around. Wow, he does look like budget basement Tom Hardy. Oh, my God. Everyone, everyone Google upgrade right now like I'm Googling upgrade on my phone. <laughs> wow, he looks like a little slimmer, little younger Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's another guy from the uh, what is it from the Leading Man Nine Thousand Machine. <laughs> also, you made me wonder. Yeah, who was Captain Boomerang? Because that's completely slipped my mind. Captain Boomerang. <laughs> I'm gonna feel stupid when I read it. I just know I'm gonna feel stupid when I read it. Uh, it's like, oh god, it's Sam Worthington. What? Jai Courtney. That's his name. That's the one. That's see, he hasn't been in anything for a bit. Jai Courtney. We probably has. We just haven't seen anything he's been in. Because we don't watch direct-to-DVD shit. Hey, can we say that uh, Gerard Butler was also part of the Leading Man 9000? Everyone thought he was going to be so huge, and he was huge for like a year. Now he's not in anything. Yeah, well, he just had like a uh, like a big action movie come out, but it was exceedingly long and boring, so really? no one saw it. Which one was that? Uh, Den of Thieves. Oh, yeah, I passed that on the streaming services and i'm like nah i'm good (laughs) yeah it's pretty crap (laughs) i remember you were talking about i'm like yeah yeah i've I've seen the name i was gonna say walking the aisles at blockbuster but no one walks the aisles at blockbuster anymore unless they have a time machine when you say that now it's like yeah i saw that title when i was going through streaming services yeah because that's all anyone does with it anymore but uh yeah venom everyone it's a movie it's coming out in the future (laughs) You can see it. Yeah. They want you Future to see it. as in October for o- some reason. Really? It's only October? Yeah, it's coming out in October. Oh my god, they rushed this one out the goddamn door, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. I I foresee a wonderful train wreck in our future. <laughs> you do? What if it's like a big hit? <laughs> oh man, if it's a big hit, I will I will buy a hat and then I will eat that hat, sir. <laughs> Venom, the sleeper hit of 2018. Venom, break it all <laughs> yes. the box office. 
Yes, it rivals Infinity War. Venom, five Academy Award <laughs> nominations. <laughs> all for Tom Hardy. <laughs> movie that turned it all around for Sony, the Venom movie. They're, they're hoping it's going to turn it around for them. I don't think it will, though. Are they, though? Are they, though? Are, are they, aren't they just doing this because of rights? Just because they have to? I don't know, man. I don't know. But you want to talk about some weird rights shit, that actually leads us directly into our next story. So, uh, hey, Matt, remember that uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix movie that was supposed to come out? It was supposed to be the third one of this new trilogy they've been doing? Yeah, the one that they pushed back, like, three times. They pushed back three times to where it was supposed to come out, like, soon, like, this summer, only for them to push it back, like, what was it, like, two more years or some crazy shit like that? Yeah, well, I, well, I think it was originally meant to come out before Infinity War, uh, and then they pushed it back till after, and then they pushed it back again till, like, February next year. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, we're working on it, we're adding more additional scenes and everything, and yeah, we're, we're reworking it, we're reworking on it. Well, guess what news came out this week? Apparently, It's dropping the title. <laughs> apparently the hot scuttlebutt is X-Men Dark Phoenix will now just be called Dark Phoenix. And that it will be the official end of the Fox X-Men series. And that's why they're trying to rework it so it can, you know, be the capstone end to all of it. And that's because Disney, or yeah, that's because Disney and uh, Marvel are getting their toys back. Yeah, and it's it's funny because this movie was meant to be like the um, the second part in the trilogy of like like that started with Apocalypse, so that was meant to be like one more film, but now they just gotta have to rush it to the end. Yep, rush to the finish line. Which man, you're probably saying to yourself, it's like, well, why would they make them drop the X Men part of it? Because uh, uh, Disney and Marvel are probably developing their own X Men projects right now, and they don't want Dark Phoenix stinking up the name and confusing people, so they're taking it back. Yeah, best to get rid of it now so it has more time to, like, fade away before <laughs> they bring theirs back. <laughs> what what the, fuck are, what the fuck are they going to do for New Mutants now? Uh, did we say New Mutants? It's just Mutants now. No, it's just New. It's just You don't even get Mutants. It's just New. <laughs> What was the what was the big new mutant story that that one's based on? Oh, the Devil Bear. What was that or called? Some shit like that. Yeah, maybe they'll call it Devil Bear. They'll probably call it that. <laughs> and they're like, did we say they were X Men? Uh, they're not even X Men anymore. They're just kids with powers. We're gonna drop all reference to mutants. Well, well that's apparently the thing. Like that movie also got pushed back as well. Um, for for like a year and a whole year and a half, and that's being reshot to make it. It was funny. First, it was reshot to make it more superhero-y, mm-hmm. sort of tie into everything else, and now it's being reshot again to make it more of a horror. Right, because it was supposed to be smaller and different and everything. Then they're like, no, make it more of a blockbuster. Eh, change it back. Eh, you know, we don't know what we're going to do with it now. Yeah, I, I'm predicting maybe this one probably won't come out and probably will just be dumped on, like, Netflix Ugh. or something. That. That's unfortunate. I feel so bad for all the people in that movie because they actually had some people I liked in that one. Because, you know, here's just here's just a whole project that is victim of changing studios and changing masters is what it is. Yeah, nothing to do with, like, the directors or actors or anything. It was out of their control. As a creator and as a creative myself, my heart goes out to them for that, where it's like, wow, you guys were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and your project got <laughs> fucked. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys, but man, I just think that's so hilarious. How how does Fox's tenure with the X Men end with a movie that doesn't even have the word X Men? <laughs> yeah, the, the movie that they take the X Men title off of. <laughs> Amazing. 
just amazing. Also, too, hey, it's the Dark Phoenix again. We already fucked it up once, but we promise we'll do better this time. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter if you do it better this time. You ain't getting a third crack at it. <laughs> Which I'm sure in the back of the head, uh, Marvel and Disney is like, we don't even want you doing Dark Phoenix because we want to do that. That's going to be like the third part of our trilogy down the line. <laughs> When we eventually cast new actors and do it right. Yeah, no, no, I think, like, if they ever did one of them, if, if Marvel ever did one of them, it would be in an Avengers story, like a big, like, like Infinity War. It yeah. wouldn't just be an X-Men story. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be freaking nuts. But yeah, there, there you go, everyone. There's the sad, sad state of affairs at X-Men at Fox as it breathes its last. Yeah, so t really, like, Deadpool's really, like, the last proper film to be released by them. Yeah, Deadpool's the last one, Sam. We're going to be seeing that soon, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's really it's really weird because they're like, oh, Deadpool 2's coming out, and then we've got a, we're having, like, an X-Force film and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. How are you going to have all this when, like, that you're taking X-Men off the titles and all that sort of stuff? Maybe it's just easier with Deadpool, where it's like Deadpool exists in his own weird, irreverent bubble anyway. He can just literally show up fully formed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just be like, yeah, it's me. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the good thing about that character and how they've built him in these movies. He could just do that. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, hey, good for him. I'm excited for Deadpool, too. Uh, moving on from there, we have a very, a very funny article that I read this week, and it allows us to talk about one of our favorite topics in the world of comic books, and that is crazy, crazy Uncle Frank Miller. He did an interview this week with a big media outlet, and the headline was, uh, I wasn't thinking clearly when I made those choices, <laughs> which I love that headline so much. Because it's so wonderfully vague. Because it's it like, covers everything in his career. <laughs> it's like, what weren't you thinking clearly about, Frank, over the last 20 years? And you read it, and he's like, oh, I wasn't thinking clearly when I did Holy Terror, when I did, like, you know, Batman Fights the Taliban, and I said all brown people were terrorists. And, oh, I wasn't thinking clearly when I criticized the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement and everything, and I called them a bunch of thugs and everything. And, yeah, that was wrong. And, you know, my, uh, my friends in the comic industry have talked to me. Yeah. They sat you down and gave you a serious talking to and said, look, we can't be seen with you anymore if you keep saying this shit. Maybe that's that that was like how DC got in there, like like lured him into the office, like, hey, we got some we want you to write some stuff and that like lured him into like a darkened office and just like locked him in there with like all these other writers and it, <laughs> an intervention. It, it sounds like an intervention. Like, even the way he talked about it, I was like, yeah, my friend Neil Adams reached out to me, and my friend Neil Adams, you know, who's been a big friend in my career and everything, I'm like, it really does sound like they gave him an intervention. It sounded like, look, we all want to keep making money off you, but we can't because you're liable to say any horrible thing. <laughs> but what's beautiful about this article, too, he doesn't apologize for anything he's done or said over the nah. years. He just says, I wasn't thinking clearly, and I don't want to undo my work I did at the time. <laughs> that's 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 amazing, Frank. I can see why you're a writer. You never have to take responsibility for anything. You can be forever blameless. I'm going to start doing that now. When I don't take <laughs> out the garbage or when I run over my neighbor's cat. Ah, wasn't thinking clearly at the time. Can't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's all start doing that i wasn't thinking clearly at the time oh jeez. <laughs> it's like well, what, what was causing you to not think clearly at the time i was mad about stuff oh oh wow oh wow <laughs> oh 
Oh, okay. That, that, oh, that clears oh. everything. I'm sorry. I, I guess you can just get away with anything when you're like, yeah, oh, I was mad at the time. It was, it was a crazy era. You know, 2008. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> when I did these things from not that long ago. Uh, but yeah, this this was very much a funny, funny article for me. Frank Frank Miller, I love you. I hate you. I love to hate you. You are just the gift that keeps on giving. Ne- <laughs> never change, crazy Uncle Frank. Never change. What's he, what's even better is this is like an article where he's like trying to promote his new comic as well. Yep. yep. So it's also solely self-serving to sell his new piece of material. Although the the one bit did make me laugh, and this is why he is a writer, and this is why he's still actually pretty funny and can make me laugh. the The person who was doing the interview here was brave enough to breach the subject about Trump and ask him about that. It's like, hey, crazy Uncle Frank, how do you feel about Trump? You want to say something crazy? To which Frank actually got really quiet and said, you know what, uh, real men accept they're going bald. And I'm like, you know what, alright. <laughs> I like that, real men accept they're going bald. Like Lex, like Lex Luthor. Oh, don't give Trump ideas. <laughs> no, I know, right? <laughs> no, uh, John Byrd already did that, is the thing. He predicted the fucking future. <laughs> you can't do that because it's already been done, is the fucked up thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that, that's your crazy Uncle Frank update, everyone. We just thought that was just so much fun. Go go read the article, go check it out, and judge for yourself. But I just thought it was I just thought it was really funny. Uh, it's the definition of hashtag sorry not sorry. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> Frank Miller is the living embodiment of sorry not sorry. <laughs> uh. And, uh, and speaking of uh, people who are sorry, not sorry, uh, in the previous episode, we talked long and hard about James Cameron. He had some very choice words about the Avengers era of summer blockbusters, and he basically said, man, I hope people get sick of these soon. So people can yeah. see the blue cat to- movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, as Avengers Infinity War, like, rakes in all the money. <laughs> uh, well, James, they're not getting tired of it anytime soon. Which is funny because the the internet loved him for like a week where it's like, oh yeah, James Cameron, he's the savior of big boy movies, big important big boy movies. And then he came out and said, you know what, Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey isn't even good. I'm like, ah, you went too far. (laughs) (laughs) Even with them, you you rolled the dice and you crapped out, James Cameron. (laughs) But, But no, we're not talking about James Cameron. We're actually talking about another beloved nerd icon who spoke up about the Avenger cycle and made me go, come on, man, really? And this, of all people, was Bruce Campbell. Did you see what Bruce Campbell wrote this week, uh, Matt? I, I did, and it, it kind of confused me. Uh, confused the shit out of me, too. If you go to Bruce Campbell's uh, Twitter page, uh, he asked the question, are Avengers movies killing traditional screen, uh, uh, screen acting? To which he says, you bet your bippy, to where I'm like, how old are you, Bruce Campbell? Are, are, are you John Wayne? Did you become John Wayne for a second? Yeah, and it's funny, because like, all the people are kind of reminding him, like, hey, remember back in like the 50s when they released 130-odd westerns in a year? Like, that... You know, it's, it's not doing anything in these superhero movies compared to that. Also, and 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 he's in that realm as well. That is. sort of like sci-fi realm. So, like, why? Yeah, like he is in the realm of nerd cinema. It's like, hey, Bruce, remember when you were in three Spider-Man movies? Because <laughs> that happened. You weren't complaining then when there was a paycheck in it for you. Also, uh, 
Bruce Campbell, I think you and I differ greatly on what is constitutes traditional screen acting. Like, you're, you're many great things, and I love you, Bruce Campbell. I would never call you a good actor, though. You're very good at playing Bruce Campbell, so much to the point you play Bruce Campbell in everything. Yeah, yeah, he's not really one who should be talking about this sort of stuff. You, you're no Laurence Olivier. In fact, what you've basically done, being really good at one thing and, you know, portraying this larger-than-life character of Ash Williams from The Evil Dead, that's really all Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans are doing. Like, you kind of led the way for them to do this. I think you feel a little jealous that they're doing it better and getting paid more than you. I should also probably mention, hey... Your Ash versus the Evil Dead TV show? Uh, yeah, that got canceled this week, too. I, I was just about to say, like, yeah, maybe this is on the back of that. Like, he's he's a bit mad at that getting canceled. Yeah, it sounds like he's swinging a little mad where it's like, oh, if people weren't spending so much money to go see Avengers movies, they could stay home and watch my show so it wouldn't be canceled. <laughs> also, too, t traditional screen acting says the guy who went from movies to television. Me thinks he doth protest too much. Me thinks the man is a tad bitter. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, is a shame. I don't want to be mad at Bruce Campbell. I like Bruce Campbell a whole bunch. Mm, yeah. And again, I... I, I, I yeah, I just don't understand it. it. It confuses me. And again, it's like, dude, you're, you're Bruce frickin' Campbell. You have nothing to be mad about. You can show up to any convention, any nerd event, and you'll be welcomed as royalty. What... What, what, what is the bee in your bonnet to go back to another old-timey John Wayneism that you seem to be such a fan of? <laughs> just, just such a weird comment. And again, to reiterate what we said about James Cameron in the previous episode, no one can play you but you, Bruce, and you're kind of playing yourself right now. Like, when you say <laughs> stuff like that, I'm sure that makes Kevin Feige and everyone else being like, oh... Well, you know, we wanted you to be a Nova Corps member, or, you know, we, we wanted you to be Moon Knight, but, uh, yeah, I guess not now. Yeah, that is, is closing all these doors that he could have had opened to these universes he's making fun of or, hey, like, talking about. Hey, we were actually going to let you play Mysterio in the next Spider-Man movie, which is what people <laughs> wanted forever. Guess you don't want it now, all right. Yeah, I guess it's too much for you. I guess, I guess nobody wins now. The fans don't get to see it, and you don't get a paycheck, so all right. <laughs> Jeez, I swear I didn't want this to become a recurring thing on the comic multiverse. It's just two weeks in a row, two creators and, you know, performers who I really respect and whose works I really enjoyed said some stuff I greatly disagreed with, and I felt it would be constructive to talk about it. it. It's kind of weird, that, that, and it's all all based around this same film. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. Yeah, it's so strange. But, oh well, wish Bruce Campbell the best. And, you know, from there we move on to another piece of comic book movie news. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 has been slated. We know who the villain is. Gal Gadot is returning as Diana. And we now officially know what era the film is going to take place. And it's going to be another period piece. But we're jumping... We're jumping right past World War II. We're jumping right past uh, a lot of places that you think they would go. Instead, this movie is going to take place in the 80s. Yeah, so that, again, like, kind of throws out all those lines she said in Batman vs. Superman yeah. about escaping the world until that movie, Yeah, you know? Yeah, but that's okay. Again, again, ruin continuity within the span of, what, three films? Yeah, but you know what? That's fine, because Justice League was a flop, Wonder Woman wasn't, <laughs> so Wonder Woman is now allowed to dictate the rules. 
And if they say she had an adventure in the 80s, goddammit, she had an adventure in the 80s. <laughs> and I ain't gonna say boo about it. Also, too, I wonder, Wonder Woman in the 80s, are they gonna have, like, a bunch of allusions to where her comic was at the time? Is she gonna, like, lose her powers and work as a mod clothing designer or something? <laughs> the 80s fashion, yeah. Just big shoulder pads and big hair and everything. <laughs> I hope they go full tilt into that shit. I hope they really, really own it. Make like, uh, make like a weird like glow the gorgeous ladies of wrestling thing. Just you know, just like you know, headbands and sequins and everything. Just really own it. Make everything a fashion nightmare. <laughs> also, too, with Cheetah being in the movie and it being the '80s, is she gonna be an actual like lady cat monster, or is she just gonna be like a bank robber who dresses up in a cat suit? Yeah, yeah, in like a leopard skin sort of like, like, like as you were saying, glow, like a leopard skin leotard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see it now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will say Wonder Woman, it's the only DC property that I'm really excited about because it was the only one that was pretty good. Here's hoping they can actually make the magic hit twice with a sequel. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I hope they don't try and redo the first film. Yeah. Well, I mean, I they, think, they, they do what comes next. I mean, I think with such a big time shift to the 80s, they really can't do the same movie again, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you never know with, like, WB. They could get get worried and, yeah. And, and change the movie last second, hack it to the bone. Yeah. To try and make it, you know, more marketable. Uh, again, yeah, Wonder Woman. Interested to see where it's going to go. Even more interested to see where it's going to go now, where DC and Warner Brothers have been like, ah, we're not really going to try and do shared universe anymore because it hasn't really been cost effective. We're just kind of going to let the movies do their own things. And if they cross over later, they cross over later. So I wonder, will this allow the Wonder Woman movie more freedom to do stuff? And if so, I'd be excited to see where they would go with it. Yeah, well, it obviously being set in the 80s gives it a little bit more freedom from all the stuff that was happening in the other films. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, like they they are in a place that they could rebuild a newer DC universe yeah. with this movie as yeah. this being sort of the, the setup to it. But, yeah, I don't think they will do that. No, it'll be, I mean, it'll be interested to see where they go. And, you know, to its credit, Wonder Woman 1 didn't really do the Easter egg thing very much. Didn't, like, yeah, it did some world building, but it, like, was world building that made sense for the movie it was in. It just happened that the uh, Justice League choose to build on it. Yeah, well, well yeah, this thing with Wonder Woman 2, you can actually build on that. You could have, like, since it's set in the 80s, you can have something in the background of like a, something crashing in kansas yeah. or something or you know all this really cool stuff that ties all this universe together i don't know whether they will though yeah also too where it's like so Ares is gone all the other gods are seemingly dead i would have liked to have seen what 80s versions of the greek gods would have looked like <laughs> oh god like Are... like like the, like the the old version of clash of the titans yes <laughs> I, I was thinking more like I am Zeus, god of discotheques. <laughs> Just got a big beard and a white suit and everything where it's like, but Zeus, <laughs> disco is more of a 70s thing. It's coming back. <laughs> Ooh, Ares, god of hair metal. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Just, just so much freaking, you know, hairspray, and it's the same actor too. It would be Professor Lupin back again. He would just, you know, dress like a member of Quiet Rock. <laughs> you defeated me once, Diana, but did you know I'm also the god of rock? Dig this tasty riff. <laughs> 
and then the movie just becomes a freaking comedy after that. <laughs> this is this is why they don't let me write movies. Everyone's like, "Ooh, you had us at '80s versions of the gods. You lost us at everything else you said." <laughs> but you know, we're Warner Brothers. We got nothing else going on, so make it. Yeah, yeah. Here's three hundred million dollars. Go for it. <laughs> That's fine. It only made $97 million. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? We'll just throw the money in the pot. It's all good. <laughs> uh, and moving on from there, everyone, to some very interesting Star Wars news and a piece of news that I know is near and dear to mine and Matt's heart. We, of course, love Star Wars Rebels. We were sad to see it go, but we knew it was only a matter of time till they announced a new Star Wars animated show, and we're getting it. It's called Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> Yeah, not only are we getting it, we're getting it this year. Hot damn. In September, or around September. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, re- really cool. I, I kind of knew they were going to go in, into the, the um, post-Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. pre-Force Awakens era, since that seems to be where they were headed, because we had, obviously, yeah. Clone Wars, then Rebels, then... Now this next part, so but uh, the what, early stages of the birth of the new order, they're saying. Yeah, yeah, seeing all that stuff. What really surprises me is the cast. Yes, do tell. Uh, we, we have Oscar Isaac returning as Poe Dameron as a player. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma is coming back. So more Captain Phasma, so we get more character development on her. There you go. Um, uh, who else was in it? Uh, Jim Rash was in it, who's obviously nice. going to be playing a droid, um, yeah. since, since he's, he sort of fits that. Um, who was who else was it? I want to say Joe Morton was in it, but I'm probably thinking of someone else. I did have the casting list um, somewhere. I Where did I put it? Where did I put it? They're, they're saying this new show, too, is going to be more anime-inspired, which is interesting. I wonder what that could mean. It kind of looks like it in like because we got like a little BB-8 and like a ship and they look like that sort of um, what's that art style? It's like that 3D anime where it's kind of cell shaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like yeah, the Berserk but, movies. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah. All that new, all that recent Godzilla film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on Netflix, but never actually watched it. Yeah, so it it looks like it might be that people are saying it's going to have that plus traditional 2d animation it's um it's interesting to yeah. see them change tech the way they did because like by the end of rebels it's like no no no, you guys really mastered how this looks yeah 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 they like yeah from like clone wars to rebels that was kind of the same art style slightly different yeah. and now they've completely changed the art style, which is really interesting and leads me to believe that it's going to be like very action heavy yeah into ter- and this might be an easier way to do it because i know like um Dave Filoni's obviously doing it again, mm. and he's he said that it's going to be more um, oh what do you say like fighter like aerial center. dog yeah yeah fighter pilots dog fights and stuff like that Which so I've yeah maybe this it. maybe this art style complements that I'm sure it does. There's a great there's a great film like a great fan film online. It's it's some guy basically doing an animation test of a bunch of aerial yeah. dog fights. It never got picked up and turned into anything, but it was also kind of like American anime inspired and I think if they could uh, tackle something like that that would be good. It's all it's all about the speed. You need the speed for good dog fights. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what this is going to be like. Me too. It's going to be a good time. Man, we we weren't long without a new Star Wars show, were we? No, and we've got that John Favreau one coming as well. Yeah, whatever that's gonna be. 
yeah, that's going to be very interesting. It's an interesting time for Star Wars, and we're getting Solo soon. Yeah, in in less than a month. Hot damn. We're just going to be living at the movie theater, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for the next, like, three or four months we are. Crazy, crazy times we live in. How we got, again, I think from there we can officially transition on over to the Infinity War spoilers because that is all the news for this week. But yeah, we got probably the biggest summer blockbuster and it's not even summertime yet. It's still cold out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, over in, in the States it's like coming to summertime. Here we're like middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what better movie to see than Infinity War? Man, Infinity War, you know, it's very rare that you go into something where it has all of these expectations already piled against it, and I think it pulls it off. It does. It it, it pulls them off very well. Not only that, but it actually manages to take some very, very unexpected twists and turns. Oh, yeah, um, I'm just going to echo Red Letter Media here as well. It... it, it um, upended my expectations and what i thought was going to happen in this part did not happen in the way i thought and it was like oh that's really cool mm. i'm really happy i saw it with the theater that i did because it was a nice mix of young old black white etc etc and you know to see you know a crowd actually be shocked into silence in an avengers movie i've like seen lots of reactions in avengers movie you know lots of laughing lots of cheering and everything never have i seen shock silence before <laughs> That, yeah, I, I posted that on Twitter, like, hey, did anyone else's theater, like, go dead silent during all these parts? And, like, everyone's like, yeah, they did, like, literally silent. No popcorn rustling or anything, or coughing. Or, and I, I saw it on, on what here was at public holiday, so my cinema was booked. Same as mine. Completely out. And it was, yeah, dead silent. Shocked silent and then some very sad and confused children. <laughs> man, man, Marvel, you're making kids cry, brah. <laughs> <laughs> like when Groot and Spider-Man faded away, I could hear the audible gasps of children. Oh no! <laughs> and let's face it, I'm a twenty-something, and even I'm like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, before we talk about spoilers, I guess we should probably talk about the story. Yes, uh, it's it's the big it's the big fetch quest we've been promised. It's the quest to gather all the infinity stones which uh which i found funny because it's like oh well you know thanos already has one. Oh, he got that from xandar oh shit the novas got decimated off camera <laughs> yeah that that's probably like my only complaint that like we didn't see it but at the same time i'm like yeah no i'm glad we didn't see it that like just shows like how strong thanos is he just wiped these guys out not even a like we don't even yeah, and, and he got the stone, and yeah, he, he got one of the best stones. It, it also builds up a great thing for the possible Nova movie, which apparently Phage was talking about Nova. Now that they've been destroyed, now they can be like, oh, we grew our ranks after the Thanos attack, and oh, look, we picked up Richard Rider of Earth. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've put him in a position for that as well, yeah. Yeah, there's totally places they could go with it. Uh, right off the bat, they're letting you know that they're not fucking around and they're not pulling any punches. Hey, Heimdall dead. Hey, Loki dead. I, I, I like that, especially after like seeing Ragnarok, where you see it's like, oh, look, it's a little bit of hope there. That, yeah, that yeah. Asgard's, Asgard survived. Oh, no, they got decimated. They're going to be okay. Asgard's going to be just right. Oh, they fucking killed everyone from Ragnarok <laughs> off in the first five minutes. <laughs> 
Also, too, like, the thing I'm sure all fans watch, where it's like, man, you know, friggin' Hulk is so powerful in Ragnarok, he's so strong. Can you imagine when he eventually fights Thanos, what's that gonna look like? Oh, he beats him handily within five seconds. <laughs> he gets his shit pushed in. Pushed in hard. And it's such a beautiful bit of choreography and storytelling, where it's like, yeah, Hulk is super strong, but he's incredibly unfocused. Thanos is strong, and he's focused, and he's precise. Pressure point, pressure point, <laughs> karate job. And, and the best thing is that that like sets up like Hulk's storyline for the whole film, where he's he's he he revert like all through Ragnarok we find out like oh he maybe he can't turn back to Banner, but yeah. in this he turns back to Banner because Hulk is so scared because he's never been defeated before, yeah. and he gets defeated here and he's so scared of that he's, he's that he doesn't want to come out bruised in a way, which is an yeah. interesting place to take Hulk as a character. Hulk is strong as there is. Oh Hulk ego hurt. No Hulk don't want to get beaten again in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk be so embarrassed <laughs> which is fun because that means that Ruffalo gets to hang around as Ruffalo really shine as an actor and then yeah. get an awesome scene in the Hulkbuster armor yeah yeah that that was really cool it was nice they get to grow him as a character because Thor Ragnarok was definitely more Hulk than Banner and this one is more Banner than Hulk yeah yeah uh, yeah that that was really cool and as you, as you said Loki dies and it does it, it looks like a proper death yeah like, yeah, as Theta says, no tricks or illusions here. Yeah, nothing this time, which Thor even turns into a joke later. My brother died for the second time. <laughs> he does that a lot. <laughs> Man, that was a, that was a, you know, that was a pairing I was not expecting. Thor and uh, Star-Lord. Uh, what is it? Star-Lord feeling like, you know, really inferior <laughs> around Thor. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I like. I, I hope that 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 in the next movie we get more Thor and the Guardians. Oh yeah, it's it's a fun pairing for sure. Oh god, what was what, what was the thing I liked so much about that? Where it's like, man, can you believe this dude Drax? This is not a dude. This is a man. <laughs> you are a dude, and I'm like, yeah, that's the relationship in a nutshell, right there. He, he, he he's he was a pirate angel. <laughs> he looks like the child of a pirate and angel. Uh, oh and then thor gets his eye back too yeah a really cool way from like an eye rocket stole from someone on contraxia because man he just loves stealing body parts even when he meets bucky man i want that arm (laughs) no you can't have this arm i need it (laughs) yeah no but yeah again like i said in my review and i I feel like i keep saying this for marvel movies but they broke the story up like empire strikes back with like the different heroes and different places going after different things they they broke it up to me i would say more than anything this movie actually felt like it was written and paced like a marvel summer event like this felt the most like reading a comic book. yeah yeah it did it did really where, where like each story was kind of like like one of the issues or like a tie-in or something yep or like okay we're gonna jump here now we're gonna jump back we're gonna jump over which i know for like certain moviegoers that would probably do their head in but as comic readers it's like no this is what it feels like you do have to concentrate on like five things at once and some stuff won't come back for two issues and some stuff you'll focus on for longer yeah yeah it it definitely definitely felt like that Mm mm-hmm uh, I guess I guess we got to talk about Thanos too. Probably the biggest triumph of this film. I mean, probably in many ways, this was the Thanos movie. 
yeah, it, it was an Avengers film. It was a Thanos film, which is like why at the end I really love when they when they usually say event the Avengers will return. It just says Thanos will return. I like that. That's really well done. Also, how many times in a movie, especially in a superhero movie, is it like yeah, the villain won. The villain got exactly what he wanted, and in fact, the reason that the villain got what he wanted, he might not even be a villain anymore at the end. Yeah, no, well, like, all through the film, you're, like, kind of like, yeah, Thanos is doing this for kind of the right reasons. You know, he, he his reasons are pretty sound. His methods are cruel and unusual, but his ultimate goal and ideology is like, yeah, yeah, that has some logical bearing to it. Yeah, yeah. It's also a total inverse of the Thanos from the comics who was in love with death and wanted to wipe out everything in the universe so death would love him. This Thanos wants to save the universe by wiping out half of it so, you know, resources can last longer and everything and people can learn from their mistakes and build better societies. He's he's kind of like a Rachel ghoul in that way. He's a conservationist. He's all into uh, population control. It's it, it works well within the context of the movie. I thought Rachel Ghoul as well. I also thought a little bit of Jor El, where yeah. he, he like he's like warning his his people about all these terrible things. They didn't want to listen to him, yeah. and look what happened. Yeah, they. It, it's only like for a couple seconds, but we see there's a big chunk of the movie that takes place on Titan, and Thanos from his own mouth is being like, "Yeah, you know, Titan was a lot like Earth once, and you know, they said I was crazy when I pitched this idea to them, and you know what? In the end, Titan got destroyed." Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting take on it. He's not quite sympathetic, but he's definitely more three-dimensional than your average comic book movie villain. And I gotta say, between him and Killmonger, Marvel's been doing really good with that now, turning out very interesting villains. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think they've got they've got the formula for the villains right yeah. now. They've Make, they've done all the all the testing, all the beta testing. Now they've got it right. Make them sympathetic, but not too sympathetic. <laughs> Make them still just a little creepy. Also, too, uh, Gamora, who you could argue is always the most underserved in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, she gets a great little mini arc in this one. Really good, really good mini arc. Yeah, that you know ties it in to the origins of Thanos, her, you know, kind of resentment for her father and the fact that even though she's been trying to kill Thanos this time and talking so much mad that about uh, shit about Thanos, at the end of the day, he's like, but I still love you, though, and I'm still your father, right? No, you crazy man. You kidnapped me yeah. and killed my people. <laughs> well, it's even like when they arrive on Nowhere and she thinks she, she's killed him, she starts crying yeah. and everything because she's killed her father, the basically. The father she's ever known. Yeah, of course, obviously, that's like a reality stone sort of thing. But yeah, that, that, that was really cool. She was talking all this shit about him. And, and then when it finally came for her to do that, she didn't want to do it. A, lo a lot of very interesting layers. There's a lot of emotional maturity at work there. Mm, yeah. Which you would not expect from a movie like this, but it delivers delivers very well. It does it really well. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we get to see Captain America again, who's fully rocking the Nomad persona. We get to see, in many ways, the fallout of Civil War Two and how that happens, or Civil War. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. He's a lot more uh, uh, cynical. He doesn't like take shit from anyone. Like when he returns to the Avengers and they're talking to to Ross, and he's like, "I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm here to help." I love Ross as still a character. I, re I really hope if down the line they ever do the Thunderbolts, I hope it's Thunderbolt Ross who puts them <laughs> together, and that's why they're called that. The one thing I was really disappointed was that th that scene is like it ended like it should have ended with with like Bruce turning up and and Ross seeing him and just like what the fuck and then just like uh, like 
uh, like War Machine, like cutting the communications to or something. To tie it back together because Ross hates Hulk and Banner more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a missed opportunity. You're right. Yeah, I did. I didn't think about that, but now that you mention it, oh yeah, just just give him a look. Just give him like, hey, you. <laughs> I hate you more than anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone kind of gets their time to shine in this. It's great. Even you know, like Falcon and War Machine get stuff to do, which is fun. Yeah, they've become like friends, especially considering at like the end of Civil War, like F- Falcon was kind of the reason Rhodes got crippled. Yeah, they they let it go very quickly. That also leads to probably one of my favorite jokes when they go to Wakanda and Banner's like, "Should I kneel? Should I kneel? He's a king." Only to have him be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you should totally kneel." We don't do that here. <laughs> that's that's really funny. Wakanda comes late in the movie, but uh, obviously it has a lot to do as well because it's basically their helms deep for the final battle. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it is. It it really is their helms deep, isn't it? It's their last line of defense. Mm-hmm. Which is so beautiful, because it's like, yeah, we set all this up in Black Panther already, how the city works, how everyone has their own really unique technology. Yeah, yeah, it was all set up really well in Black Panther, and yeah, it paid off here. It's a good place to have a final fight. Ooh, we gotta talk about the Black Order, too. I thought they were really effective henchmen, very memorable, too. They were all well-designed. <laughs> More memorable than their comic counterparts, which makes me, like, really kind of confused when people were saying, like, oh, the, this movie did disservice to the Black Order, they were much better in the comics. I'm like, they all... As I said, they were all jobbers in the comics. They were. They all got beaten up and killed very easily and and were resurrected just in time for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And even in, like, the movie, they were all killed relatively easily. Relatively easily. Uh, Their deaths are all really good. My favorite one is Proxima Midnight, who gets, uh, what is it, knocked up into the big fucking war wheel. (laughs) I I, I like um, Ebony's death. Oh, that was fun, too. There was lots of that. That was fun. Yeah, I, I actually liked him in general, like, the, mm. his creepy, like, British voice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. all wonderfully creepy, and the the fact that they actually add them a little extra layer of characterization, when they're like, no, these are the children of Thanos, too. These are other people he recruited and saved from their worlds, but they're, like, you know, fanatically loyal to him. Yeah, this is if Gamora followed in her father's footsteps. Exactly, she would be like the Black Order. It's, it's a nice touch, too, where it's like, oh, you know, they they fight together with like unit tactics and everything. This is this is almost as close as we've gotten so far to the Avengers fighting a full fledged evil team. And if so, what it would look like? Yeah, yeah, and it kind of makes you think like, oh, maybe they're planning something for a little later on, like seeing if this will work. Yeah. working with the black order and it, it really did yeah i'm really hoping of down the line they do thunderbolts or at the very least hey you're clearly getting dr doom back so you should probably start building up for the masters of evil <laughs> yeah that or like dark avengers or something or... that would be fine too i'm totally okay with that also yeah so yeah they, they were good um captain america was good uh, tony was really good i really liked him in this i like i liked his part with pepper at the start how that they have they mentioned mentioned morgan stark who's an actual character in the comics yeah yeah that was a really nice well, one of the few easter eggs it's funny this this movie kind of turned down the easter eggs and it kind of turned down the fun soundtrack we get a fun musical interlude when we meet the guardians for the first time but beyond that this movie this movie kind of played it straight and quiet especially at the end there where it really sell the severity of what thanos did they cut the music out completely well yeah not only that in like the credits where you usually have in like the last couple of movies we have like that kind of uh cool animation where you see the the actors names and everything none of that it's all just like 
like kind of depressing music. Yeah, they they took it black all, black on white text. They took it all very very seriously. Although Thanos is having a great time, he he's on a big sunny <laughs> beach. He smiles into the camera, he's, and then it's he's, over. He's Farmer Thanos. He was on a farm planet. He's literally Farmer Thanos at the very end. Which again, they're taking some interesting stuff from you know Infinity Gauntlet and its sequels. Yeah, they they did so they did it really well. They even did like the snap as well, which is really cool. I will wipe out half of the universe, which I, I love they even say that where it's like, yeah, he's not picking and choosing who gets wiped out in the universe. It is completely unbiased and completely random. Rich, poor, young, old, you'll be blinked out of existence. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, people are saying, well, if that's the case, why didn't, like, what if Thanos got blinked out and, like, he'd be okay with that? He was rolling the dice on it. He luckily didn't, but yeah, he would have been willing to roll the dice on that one. <laughs> In fact, hey, that says a lot for his Black Order, too, because they're his most loyal followers and they could have gotten blinked out, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were ready um, to ride or die on it. Yes, he obviously gets all the Infinity Stones. He finds the uh, the Soul Stone on a really cool planet who's guarded by a really cool person. Red freaking skull. I, I was genuinely <gasps> in the theater because I was not expecting that comeback, even though Red Skull was really overdue for a comeback, and they do something kind of cool with him. Yeah, well, when I first saw I'm thinking, oh, is that like, is that the Unseen? I thought that too. I'm like, are they really working the fucking Unseen into this? Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, if they, like, they, like, worked it so he's, like, a guardian now of the stone or something, or watches the stone or something, but yeah, a fucking red skull. That's amazing. And was that Hugo Weaving, or was that someone else? No, that was a guy called, uh, Ross Marquand, who's a, who, he, he's a main character on The Walking Dead at the moment. Um, and he does, apparently, I, I looked him up, he does amazing impersonations. He's really, like, I, I literally thought, I'm like, holy shit, did they work a deal out with Hugo Weaving and get him back? But yeah, he's really (laughs) good in this. And it's nice because it's a fun cameo. He gets a nice little back and forth with Thanos, who is always known for talking to other villains. I'm always reminded of his conversation with Mephisto, and this kind of mirrors that in a way. But it's also like, hey, Red Skull exists, is out in space and in the universe, which means he could easily become a threat again if they wanted. Oh, yeah, they could easily bring him back to to Earth or something, or, like, he doesn't have a stone to guard now, so... No, exactly. So he's free. He's freed up now. Yeah, yeah. Which means, hey, we can eventually see Captain America 5 Red Skull Returns. <laughs> or something like that, which I would totally be down with. Because they have to fight in the modern age. Oh, I'd love to see that. Especially with a script by the Russo brothers for Red Skull. To be like, you tried to defeat I... me, you tried to defeat my ideology, but the fact is the world resembles me more than it ever did back in our day. What I'd really like, because he, he like, in, in this movie, he seems like he's kind of like given up on like, harnessing the power of the stone he's, yeah. he realizes it's kind of futile and everything i'd love if like he came back to like earth and like he sees that steve rogers is still alive and just seeing him is like what what like reignites that spark and like nope fuck this guy it's, it's he like got a, everything i wanted it's like a batman joker thing is what it is when there's no batman around joker will go into like a catatonic state until he sees him again the red skulls like that yeah. Also, they can yeah. really build it to where it's like, oh, so Hydra's been decimated, huh? There's all these different warring factions and everything, and no one can decide what their goal is anymore. Hey, me, your founder, the Red Skull is back to me, my Hydra agents. <laughs> that would be cool. That's some fun shit they could do in the future. Uh, the action scenes, tip top notch in here, of course, but I think the standout is all of them together trying to get j- just get the glove off Thanos. 
that was really cool. They all like working together and everything, and we get to see a lot of like Doctor Strange being like really, really strong. <laughs> Doctor Strange is great in this. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say I like Doctor Strange more in his two cameos in Thor Ragnarok and in this than I actually did in his own solo movie. <laughs> Well, it's because in that cameo in this, he's the Sorcerer Supreme. He's, he he's the master of the mystic arts now. He's not learning. He actually is the guy. Yeah, and he does some really cool stuff. He uses the band, uh, the Crimson Bands of Cityriac on, on, on Thanos. And Boy, he, he tries, tries to use the, the mirror dimension. And he, he does that some thing where he like makes a million copies of himself it's the uh, multiplication jutsu he's a big fan of naruto (laughs) don't you know (laughs) didn't work though it's not like your japanese animes dr strange yeah and also all all the infinity gems uh once in the gauntlet were used really well they were yeah he used every bit of it yeah i really respected that yeah, they didn't like. Yeah, the the part where he uses the time stone to like bring back the dead vision just to kill him again. That's so cool. That was that was pretty nuts. And again, too, it's like as a fan, I'm like, yeah, you can destroy that stone all you want. I know that's your plan, but he has time now, guys. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. I don't think people understood about movie. Like, we, we obviously see um, Strange say he visited like fifteen, fourteen million. Mm variations of the timeline and he saw one that they they won and that one was them giving up the time stone yeah and what's really interesting is that he could only obviously control so much of it so like peter fucking them up and getting uh all emotional when they're not meant to was probably something he didn't see happening unforeseen circumstance which i love that too that star lord is forever the wild card where it's like well didn't account for him (laughs) Yeah, no matter all the development, he's still going to be be a dick. <laughs> Couldn't account for him. Uh, another thing I loved about this movie, and something I don't think enough people are giving credit, uh, Peter Dinklage got to be tall in this. <laughs> yes, he, he, he lived his dream of being a giant, a he, giant dwarf. <laughs> a, he's still a dwarf, but he's the biggest dwarf. <laughs> he's a big space dwarf. <laughs> I, I liked him as Itri, despite the, like, kind of weird voice he was putting on. Hey, I'm just talking like this, everybody. I am a very <laughs> respected actor. I'm like, you can do better than that. <laughs> I think, I think uh, as we've seen with this in Destiny, Peter Dinklage is not good with voices. Don't make him do a voice. No, no, just, but just yeah. let him talk normally. <laughs> <laughs> No, Th- Thor's storyline was really cool. I really liked his what? story, especially, like, continuing on from from uh ragnarok what what a fucking comic book story is what that is you know i i need to use the light of a dead star to power a dwarven forge to make myself a new hammer yeah he went full all-star superman there for a minute where it restarts the the sun yep i'm glad you thought that too i'm like this is just straight up all-star superman <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah no. oh his new hammer is so cool it's really nice. his new his new axe <laughs> Stormbreaker, which is way too funny because i'm like hey thor you and the comics right now need a new uh hammer weapon because mjolnir got destroyed yeah well it looks like he's getting one that's just like mjolnir but gold yeah goldnir you could call it <laughs> it's the uh it's a special elite skin you got to pay extra for in dlc to get that skin <laughs> Thor was sure to pre-order that from the dwarves when he got a new Mjolnir. (laughs) 
now that's a story. The dwarves using a bunch of shitty game tactics. Now, if you pre-order now, you'll get this nice statue lithograph and golden sand uh, for your hammer. Do you want to buy a key to open up the loot box? There's a loot box? Yes, it is a box we forge and give to you filled with loot. <laughs> Thor, I don't know, but I feel like I might miss out if I don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, what else is there to say? What haven't we talked about yet? Um, uh, I don't know. There's, there's quite a lot in this film. There really is. There's like, it's, it's all very, very layered with a lot of shit going on in it. Uh, ooh, uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, they grew their romance and their relationship. They're living together and they're trying to take things to the next level, but they're not sure. Yeah, that that was really cool. And it 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 says in the, in the film this is two years after um civil war civil war and in that two years they've been like sort of seeing each other when they're not supposed to and mm. and everything but yeah it was it was really cool seeing vision as like like a human yeah that's fun. plus i'm sure it was nice for the actor too because he didn't have to stay in yeah. makeup for that long <laughs> yeah um but yeah on top of like looking like human he he feels more human as yes. well like he's acting acting a bit more human he has learned the emotions <laughs> he has learned what david cage calls emotions he, <laughs> he has hundreds of thousands of emotions at any time every frame filled with emotions <laughs> but yeah vision's cool he gets some cool action scenes he also gets knocked around a lot i like where it's like man vision is vision too powerful he can phase through stuff and he can shoot lasers how do we ever deal with the vision problem glaive through the stomach yeah we'll just stab him so we can't do any of that <laughs> just, just stab him just stab the shit out of he him. gets stabbed a number of times he actually does. he gets two really nasty stabs uh, funny too, seeing Shuri and Banner talk science, where she's like, "You know, well, why didn't you wire his synapses this way? Why did you all route it through the gym?" And they're like, "Because we didn't know at the time." Well, I felt like saying, "Well, they didn't build Vision. Ultron did." Oh, that's true. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. they 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 built Ultron, but Ultron built Vision. That's right. I in that cradle, and, and Doctor Cho kind of helped. Yeah. Well, where's Doctor Cho on this one? She should be getting yelled at. That's her crappy uh, worksmanship. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Cho, get in here and bring your son as well. <laughs> bring your son. We're going to shoot him up with this Hulk juice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I liked um, all the Wakanda stuff. That was all really cool with, like, the armies. And good to see uh, Mambaku again, which That's didn't right. really get a lot to do, though. He wasn't really as funny as he was in, no. in Black Panther. No, it was serious time. They honor his growth, though, because he calls T'Challa brother. So they've clearly buried <laughs> the hatchet. You know, they're, they're, they're coming to their aid. The man-apes are coming to the aid of the Black Panthers. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was really cool. Um. I guess we could talk about, like, the snap and what it did. Yes, so yeah, Thanos wins. Thanos gets what he wants, and he deletes half of the entire galaxy, including a bunch of our favorite heroes. Yeah, and it's really funny. People think, like, these heroes are dead, but I'm thinking, no, the ones that are alive are going to die. The ones who are, who, who, who are dusted are, like, the one, are like the new ones. They're saving them yes. by dusting them. Because when they come back to life, they need to lead new fruitful franchises. <laughs> But Robert Downey Jr., everyone else there, they, they've been around for a bit. You know, their contracts might be up. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, up, up after the next film. Yeah, which is which is an interesting idea. Also, too, there's a lot of theorizing, too, that when the movie comes back, we might actually see a time jump because they apparently cast, yeah. uh, what is it, Scott Lang's older daughter. 
Yeah, I I kind of hope that we we in the next film we get kind of like like a five years later sort of thing. That'd be really cool. I know um they they've kind of confirmed that Ant Man and the Wasp takes place before yes. Infinity War. In fact, they um, even kind since, of uh, drop reference to it by saying that uh, Lang cut a deal with the government, which is why he's on house yeah. arrest in that. How hardcore would that movie be if like it ended with like uh, his daughter and everything turning to dust? Ugh, ugh. Don't don't even play with my emotions like that. Don't don't even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. But yeah, I'd like to see like a um, like a time job. And since like Nick Fury and all that's gone, and we've seen like set photos, I'd like to see like like Tony becoming like director of Shield. That was the thing that happened from the comics. That would be fun. Where it's like, yeah, how how does the world rebuild from this? And also, how do, how do we even find Thanos? We don't know where he went yeah exactly that that'd be and they could like set up like sword or something to look for him or something and all this and obviously since thanks to the post credits we're getting captain marvel yes who's somewhere i don't know where which was a wonderful setup where it's like it's nick fury half the people in the universe disappear and before he goes he sends a distress call to captain marvel to where it's like oh well how close were they and how good friends were they that in like the event of like an omega red threat she was the one he called yeah the one above the avengers yeah also where is she at right now i'm going to assume what with the kree battle arm did she just stay on the kree homeworld well people are theorizing because like there were they, there's like a 50 50 chance she could have been dusted as well people are theorizing like, oh maybe she's like in the quantum realm or some other realm and it's up to like like uh, like hank pym to develop something to like get them into that realm or something to get her out or something yeah because th that will be something they'll need to explain where it's like okay well why haven't we seen her up until now yeah well like where is she although i do like the idea nick fury as the first thing he says uh to iron man you think you're the only one with powers you're about to enter a bigger world so i'm going to assume captain marvel was the first yeah well well it was yeah set in the 90s and everything yeah. which is yeah, and I'm also interested as well, what's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going to do? Because this is something they can't really, like, no. skirt around. And it was interesting because in the most recent episode, they do mention something going down. They do mention something going down in New York. Jake Busey's character yeah, mentions, yeah, yeah. you see this crazy shit in New York? So, yeah, I'd love to see if, like, the, the season ends with, like, a couple of characters getting dusted. They, they, they hand wave it in such a wonderful way where she's like, oh, I don't watch the news. It hurts my brain. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I, I I can buy that. Also, too, where it's like, yeah, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can't worry about who's getting dusted right now. They're dealing with their own alien invasion threat. <laughs> they gotta fight the bondage people from the darkness planet. <laughs> I love that, by the way, on this new episode of Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, they're a killer race of savage aliens. Really? They look like a bunch of bondage freaks. Yeah, but they cause the lights to go out. I'm like, is that just to cover up that they don't look great and don't look alien at all? Yes. <laughs> yes yes because that's smart filmmaking <laughs> <laughs> you, you use your imagination it's always much more terrifying than what you can actually see <laughs> uh but yeah i mean really what, what more can we say about infinity war really bold to end on such a downer ending where you know people always complain you know oh, these marvel movies they're for kids oh, you know they're you know junk food for the brain and everything uh, how many other ones have the guts to be like you know what nope sad ending heroes die bad guy wins <laughs> well, that's the thing that's, as rich evans said they done they did dark better than dc did <laughs> because you believe it and because it it's that much more affecting and hits you that much harder 
because you don't expect them to go to that dark place and end on such a dour note. Yeah, yeah, you don't you didn't expect it. And because you actually like these characters and relate to these characters and have spent so much time with them, it hits you that much harder when bad stuff happens to them. Yeah, we we've had build up, we've had 10 years of build up. Exactly. I I appreciate it too and I mentioned this in my own review. What's great about this ending is that not only is it a really strong cap off to the first 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it seeks to imply with that final shot where it's like, yeah, but the best may still yet be to come. Yeah, yeah, there's there's, there's still more to come. We we have places we're going to take this and you know, we can still shock you after 10 years. Yeah, you ain't seen shit. You ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had to work some uh, BTO in there. Where where do you think the sequel is going to go? Because, I mean, obviously, as any comic reader can tell you, well, yeah, the good guys get the gauntlet and they wish everyone back who died. Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, as we were saying before, I think there's going to be a time jump. But, like, we've seen, like... Um, like set photos where they're like recreating the Battle of New York and everything with uh, like the the old classic Captain America costume and everything. So it kind of makes me think. And I think they like they mentioned it might have been this film or the next one. They mentioned it as like a heist film or something. But it it gets me thinking like maybe there's some time travel shenanigans or something that happened that are that um maybe they go back in time to steal the stones before Thanos can get them. And yeah. like a character like like Thor or someone will use the glove or, or Captain Marvel standing in for Adam Warlock right. um, will, will use the glove to reset the universe back to what it was or some or back to like something. What, something similar to what it was. See, I think if they were smart, they would use the glove to be like, hey, and everyone who died is actually back now, including the villains that well, you liked. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing. They could they could do that with they that. Could. This is like their this is this is like their their version of like a flashpoint yes. where it's like kind of but like better. And again, hey, we introduced you to the concept of shared universe. We introduced you to the concept of legacy heroes and all of this other stuff. Now let's introduce you to the concept of fresh starts and retcons. Yeah, yeah, retcons. <laughs> Although I guess X Men technically did that first, but that was more out of necessity than than them wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah. They had to retcon it to make sense of everything. <laughs> yeah, and also this is like this just having the, all this stuff is like a gateway to opening like oh he was here's the Fantastic Four, here's the X Men. Exactly. Does all that sort of stuff. Oh man, see there's there's your line right there where it's like, you know, Captain America gives his life to the infinity gauntlet to rewrite the universe and to save those who died sacrificing himself. But here's the thing though. When Cap gave of his own life, something changed in the world. It's different now. <laughs> gave birth <laughs> to things that we've never seen before. Amazing first families, children of the atom. <laughs> <laughs> and just be like, yep, and that's why mutants exist now, and that's why the Fantastic Four exists now, because Captain America did it. Again, yeah, there's so many different ways you could take it from here. Yeah, and I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't believe we got to wait a whole year for the conclusion <laughs> to this story. But man, you want to talk about epic cliffhangers. It's a pretty fucking epic cliffhanger right there. It really was. Like, yeah, I've never seen an audience be like, oh, man. Like, just, like there's just silence and then, like, the, the shock nature of it the, or anything. The gasp for air where it's like, was that really the credit? What? It ended there? What? This is, I imagine, what, like, people, when they first saw, like, Empire Strikes Back oh, were yeah. like. Oh, yeah. 
And again, it's like the ending to Empire is bittersweet because they're all together at the end looking out the window and everything. This is literally Thanos smiling at the audience being like, I did it. I fucking did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, universal genocide. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanos, hell yeah. I did it. His happy face is the last thing you see. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a fucking swerve. The villain wins and is happy at the end. <laughs> It'd be interesting, too, to have, like, the Avengers, like, almost try and recruit Thanos in a weird way, because it's like, again, he was only a villain to complete his goal, but his goal is done now, and if they do a time jump, what if he has time to think about what he did? That, that'd actually be really cool. Like, yeah, they recruit him as, like, they realize, like, okay, he's done all that stuff, he doesn't hold any grudges against any of them or anything, and, yeah... That'd be actually really cool. What if he feels guilty about Gamora and wants to bring her back, but he doesn't? But he can't do it himself. So like he begrudgingly helps the Avengers or moves them along a little bit so they can do it. So at least Gamora can come back. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It would. Be I'd like to see him like like he's using because he still has like love at the end. Yeah. Um, and while it looks like it's kind of burnt out, I imagine he could still use it oh, yeah. since he uses the space stone. But like, I'd like to see him like he he's using like the reality stone to like bring Gamora back, but she's like not real. Yeah. Here's my theory too, where it's like they put so much time and effort into Thanos, and Brolin gives such a hell of a performance in this one, just because he's not the Thanos from the comics now doesn't mean he can't eventually become that and in fact i think it would behoove marvel for the continuation of these series and these movies don't kill thanos keep him around so you can do thanos imperative and the annihilus wave and all of these other things wherein thanos is a major character i think they will i think after seeing the res the response to this they'll be like oh we've got to keep him around you have to because it's like look Thanos needs to meet Adam Warlock. In fact, Adam Warlock was in early scripts of this movie, then they took him out, being like, no, 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 Adam Warlock needs his own movie all to himself. Well, see, they they could quote-unquote kill him, but be like, ah, no, but see, he's trapped in the Soul Stone. Exactly, they could pull something like, like they do, that. Like, they kind of implement at the end, uh, kind of like Jerry Duggan's run, where it kind of, like, implies that, that like, uh, Gamora's soul is in the Soul Stone. They kind of impl imply that here, yeah. where she's trapped inside the Soul Stone. A soul for soul. That'd be really cool. It would be. There'd be some really cool places they could take it. So, I mean, yeah, is that is that everything we got to say about Avengers Infinity War? Just some just some cool-ass shit. It was. It was really good. I'm going to go see it again. I've seen it twice already. No, wicked. Yeah, I mean, if, if there was one I would ever see again, that's one I would definitely consider seeing again, because I don't think... Uh... I don't think you'd be disappointed, and also, just for that audience interaction, I just want to be able to yeah. relive that again, where everyone is just in stone-faced silence for the last five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like, that's a rare thing. Like, you rarely, like, get audiences like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a special moment when you do. So, yeah, everyone, I think... That'll just about do it for the show this week. That's the Comic Multiverse. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked the spoiler cast. I know Matt and I certainly enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm, yep. Got a big week for comics coming this week. A lot of new number ones. We got that action comic special. We got DC Universe Zero. Oh, lots of stuff coming out. Avengers number one. We got the first new Jason Aaron Avengers story, which, hey, man, could the timing on that not have been bettered? Hey, No Surrender ends the week that Infinity War comes out, and then the week after that, oh, look, an Avengers number one for anyone who's coming to the comic book store and who wants to read yeah, more Avengers. Yeah, 
yeah, for anyone who just saw Avengers and wants to read and wants to get into Avengers, oh, look at that. Again, Avengers I've, 1. <laughs> again, I've said it once, I've said it a million times. If they wanted to get more readers, what they should really do is they should give away like free comic book day issues with your ticket. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. And then on the back of it, be like, oh, here's directions to your closest comic book store if you want to keep reading. <laughs> like, really spell it out for them. You are here. Comic like, a, book stores. like a map. <laughs> yeah, a map. Or better yet, because, you know, comic book stores are having such a rough time and everything. Ha- and because movie theaters are having a rough time, too. Combine those things together, maybe, because all the biggest movies are either comic book movies or based on comic books. Have, like, a comic book shop inside the concession stands. <laughs> Dude, have a pop-up. Have your local comic book guy come and open up the back of his trunk and be like, Hey, you like that movie? You want some of this? I got that good shit. Or no, a, a man in a trench coat who opens up his trench coat and it's filled with comics. <laughs> yo, man, what you want? What you need? Yo, you read, You like that Thanos, man? Yo, he's the Thanos imperative, man. There's some badass shit. The Guardians are in it. Get to see what's up with Nova. Oh, you like that Black Panther? Oh, man, I got the shit right here for you, man. He's that Christopher Priest stuff uncut <laughs> you'll like ever k ross he showed up in this shit first <laughs> I-, I am willing to be that man i am willing to be that trench coat comic book man trying to get people <laughs> on the side then be like okay how much are those upwards of 20 dollars for collections and you know like damn near five dollars for single issues oh that's too much yeah it's a bit of a niche i can see why this is so rough Ooh, but i can sell you the digital code <laughs> <laughs> then you can take that for a much better price. I'm not making a profit, but I gotta cover this, you know, rental for the big coat. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you everyone for watching. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to like, favorite, subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, smash the like button, as the children say, Matt. Is that a thing? They're smash saying? that like, smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> flick that bell. You gotta flick the bell up there so you know when we got new content coming. <laughs> I forget that that's a thing that you got. Flick that bell, son. Put that on a shirt. Flick that bell. <laughs> uh, again, if you want to listen to the episode uh, uncut and ad-free, head on over to the Patreon page. Or, hey, pay a dollar, become a patron, and check out all sorts of new stuff that we got coming for you. Yeah, yeah, got some good stuff coming. If you do, you'll get to listen to the show Sunday night when it airs. Yep. Which will be soon. Or soon. watch the show Sunday night. Or watch the show because Matt does the video version and I do the audio version. And yeah, with that, everyone, we really will call it this week. Thanks so much for watching. And Matt and I will be back again next week to talk to you some more. So bye-bye. Bye.